Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and I've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk some college hoops, big tournaments going on this weekend. We're also going to do some ponies from the great racetrack, also known as Aqueduct. Playup.com is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why Playup is always your best bet. And speaking of best bets, head on over to Cash with Flash. Best bets. We got a bunch of things going on. Some free picks this week. Have a little fun. NFL packages, 99 bucks for the rest of the season. We're on a 39-13-1 run with six-plus money dogs. Head on over to CashWithFlash.com. Scotty Fiedler's on the line. It's Friday. Play up, baby. Play up. Play up. Oh. Play up. What's up? <laughs> What's, What's up, up man? With Flash? How are you, baby? I'm trying my best, bro. What's up with you? Yeah, all good. All good. How's how, how how's the world of uh, of junior lacrosse doing? Is it getting to you? <laughs> uh, last weekend, the tournaments. Thank goodness. Got to head to Delaware. Had to do my homework early today. I don't even get the benefit of the scratches. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll take a shot at Aqueduct for a couple later in the card. But did have a nice. Uh, Second place finish this weekend in the Sunday feature at Horse Tourney. So uh, got a little cash to play with again. And, uh, you know, getting trying to gear up uh, for the holidays first. And then, of course, the end of January, going back to Vegas for the NHC, which I hope you'll be joining me this time. Yeah, I think that's probably going to happen. I got to call Jay, too, see if we can have a boys weekend. Oh, Jesus. Wow, you guys could have the boys weekend. I get to play horses the whole weekend. Uh, well, that's okay. We get to watch you. And go to the window. There you go. <laughs> you know, Jay's pretty good at it, though. He is pretty good at it. I'm just uh, one of those, uh, how do I put it? I'm a situational uh, horse handicapper. Well, there you go. If I like the name and it's appealing and it has something to do with my life, I play it. There you go. <laughs> at least I'm consistent. I don't do the track much, only with Scotty. But uh, we got some good college basketball this weekend. We do. We do. Liberty and Ionia. You know, I, I got to tell you, uh, Rick Pitino, it, he's something else. He has reinvented himself more times than I, I don't even, I, I lost track. My mm-hmm. greatest memory is when he was coaching Panathinaikos. Um, and David Blatt was coaching Olympiacos, two, you know, legendary Greek basketball teams. So it was a lot of fun. And to see him on the sidelines in New Rochelle. <laughs> Hosting, and he's hosting today. He's going to host. It's actually, I'm sorry, a neutral court. It's a, it's a tournament game, 
And I well, own- I'm not sure. It's it, it's that uh, Sunbelt Mac Challenge. So I, I I'm gonna assume it's a home court, uh, Phil. I think it might be. Um, Ken Palm says it's a neutral court. Oh, it does. Where are they playing? This I game? have no idea where. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because we know. I'll pull it up. We know that they, oh, they're, uh, they're playing in Kissimmee, Florida, believe it or not. There you go. A little nice weather for them because it's cold out there today. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Going to get to bagels? Rough. It was icy. But yesterday, Scotty, yesterday I was playing tennis outside. Jeez. Yeah, it was beautiful yesterday. I, I, I messed up. I, I wore my sweatpants because, you know, it's cold out, right? <laughs> and, uh, man, the worst thing in the world to do is to sweat in that kind of weather. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the sun went down, it got cold. <laughs> yeah. oh, ooh-wee. That's enough of my whining for Friday morning. So let me see here. We're at Kissimmee, Florida. What what do you think about this Ionia team? Because a lot of people are pretty excited about them. Well, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting start for them. You know, they played three other pretty good mid-major teams. Um, if you look at it, you know, uh, Harvard has been pretty good with Tommy Amica through the years. Appalachian State is a lot better than uh, people think. Yes, they are. And uh, and Hofstra. I know had a big win early in the season, uh, you know, so over a bigger school, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's a big win for Iona as well. I mean, uh, let me just see. Hofstra, who they? Is it um, Iona or Iona? Iona. 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 See, I always get that goofy. It's that Greek uh, uh, stuff. Hofstra beat Duquesne early. I'm not sure how good Duquesne is. I think Duquesne is not so bad, you know. They always compete, though, if you remember. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. But, I mean, again, uh, you know, one thing you're going to know, I mean, as you said, Rick Pitino, the chameleon, re, re, uh, you know, uh, uh, re, reinvents himself all the time here. Um, he, One thing I can say is he is a good basketball coach. You know, a uh, human being, not so sure. But uh, <laughs> right. he, will have, he will have Iona ready to play. I'll tell you that much. And, uh, you know, Quite honestly, in, in normal years, I would say Liberty probably is more talented uh, than Iona. However, I think Iona, you know, with Patino and, and getting some new players in there, you know, and running his style probably, uh, you know, fit, fits with this team. Uh, what you worry about in these games with Iona is um, rebounding and that stuff usually. But... Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Four, four and a half is a lot of points, I think, you know, in a game that you're really not sure what either team is made of. Uh, you know, I know Liberty lost to LSU, um, but it was a closer game than the final score. I believe they were actually up one at half, um, Liberty, in that game. So, uh, you know, Liberty has played a, a better you know, on paper, they'll look and they'll say a better team. But then you look at, um, like I said, I own a schedule. And those are three pretty good mid-majors. They sure are. That they, they've played. Those games were close, though. The games were close, but they pulled them all out, which, you know, at times is a is sometimes a good sign for, for uh, you know, teams that way. But, you know, being close, uh, I mean, listen, the, the only game that was actually really close was Harvard, which went to overtime. 
the other two were, you know, 12 and, and eight point games. So uh, my look here is I'm taking uh, Patino. I'm going to take the points. You know, you're getting points with Patino. Why not? You know, that's a that's a good point. Why not? I think they're going to I think Liberty is probably going to win this game, but I have not win it by four. I watched the game they played at LSU. They lost at LSU. I think it was like 16 points. But they, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. And then they played Regent University before that. Now, obviously, I didn't yeah, see well, that. Yeah. That one, I, I didn't want to. I think I was watching Michigan instead because I'm watching on my laptop on ESPN+. Plus. What a great tool that is for 6 bucks a month, ESPN+. Plus. They had hundreds of college games, and that's a beautiful thing. But I have had the pleasure of watching all three of Iona matches and, or matchups. And I got to tell you, they looked really good against App State. And I didn't think they would. I went against Iona that night, I think. Mm-hmm. But the Harvard game, they pulled that one out in overtime. They're not a bad free throw shooting team either. That, that's important, I think, in this level of play and at this stage of the season. If you can knock down your free throws, you're not in bad shape. Now, turning the ball over. Louisville has the highest turnover rate in college Iona. basketball right now. Iona. No, Liberty does. You They're an offense. I'm sorry, you said Louisville. I thought you were talking about uh, Rick Pitino's old team. That's why. I oh, no. But, but this is kind of funny that you mentioned that because this team doesn't turn the ball over. They're like in the top 120 in the country. They're averaging like 17.7% of turnover rate. That's not too bad for a Pitino team. But you know what they're going to do is I I believe that this is a fast. Yeah, they play really fast. You know, like one of the top quickest teams in the country. And Liberty, Liberty is one of those snail pace things. So the game is going to probably, Liberty is going to probably try to dictate by playing slow and keeping, you know, the ball in their offensive end as long as they can. I'll tell you, we must have some pull already because it looks like the line went down to three. Already, as huh? we've been as as we've been on the air, the line has gone down to three. <laughs> that's that's a, that's not a good thing. <laughs> I wonder why. What made that move? Probably listening to us. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I mean, boy, do you, cash with flash carry some serious pull here. I think so. Maybe it does. <laughs> but at the hmm. end of the day, if it's three points, you you can't really. Can you take Iona? Because when you think, I think, about- I, think I mean, I think this is a toss-up game, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think if if Iona was favored by three, I, I would lean to taking uh, Liberty. You know, I, I really think you got a close ball game. You know, this is one of the games that always scares me in college basketball. That, um, you know, uh, Iona has the ball down two with. You know, 20 seconds left, they miss a shot, foul, and the kid makes two foul shots, and you lose by four. You know, uh, these are the games that scare you. You know, you, you hope that it's a, a down-to-the-wire game and it's a shot at the buzzer, you know, so you don't get beat by the, the that last-minute foul or last-second foul, should I say. Right. Well, I will say this. Iona has a more experienced bench. They also have a very distinct height advantage. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to clean up the glass. They don't turn the ball over as much as as Liberty does. And Liberty oh. played against a couple of cupcakes, really. Well, no, one cupcake and one good team. Okay, one cupcake, one good team. They lost to the good team, and they blew out the cupcake. Correct. 
Gosh. Uh, listen, uh, then, then you're, you're talking money line plays here is what the, it sounds like you're saying. Phil. Yeah, I'm saying I own it outright. That's what I, I that's what I was gathering there from you. Yeah, see this is something Scotty and I don't even have to speak really. <laughs> I saw you, that coming. Yeah. Well, you almost have to. When you said the line went down, you almost have to. Mm-hmm. When you got a 3-point game on a neutral court and Iona has a distinct advantage in a couple of big factors, rebounding, they pass the ball better, I think. Mm-hmm. But they're blocked shots. They're averaging 9 blocked shots at night. Right. I I just don't think I don't see I, I like the way Patino set up his schedule too. He hasn't taken on any cupcakes. No, like I said, it, it's a better schedule than people will will figure out. You know, uh it really is. It it's very I, I said it's very interesting how how that schedule figured. Well here's what you're gonna do if I'm gonna do it for you. I'm going to take the three points, and I'm also going to take them on the money line, and I'm going to parlay that together in an in-game parlay at playup.com. Play up, baby, play up. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take Iona. Are you with me on this one? I, I am. Plus three, and whatever the money line is. The money line hasn't been established yet. They I was don't going put... to say it has not been established, but yeah. that's the problem with college basketball. It's not like football where you uh, get the early – week before you know thing is it you know college basketball i i i compare to horse racing a little bit with mm-hmm. it you know the lines come out a little later um because of the late know, scratches so, though right well, yeah. well same thing as i'm saying you don't know quite as much about the players who's not going and uh you know and it's the same thing in horse racing with late scratches and weather and you know one thing you guys have to do out there is do your due diligence, you know, with college basketball, you know, really check before you do lay down that last bet, unless you're trying to get some points, you know, like if you're trying to get Iona at four, you know, take it. But, um, cause I, I believe they would probably let you cancel a bet before the game. Um, I think you really got to check injury reports in college basketball prior to the games. And you want to go the best one. I, and I have that in my daily free sheet where I give out some free picks Mm-hmm. NBC Sports has a great one. The NBC Sports Edge website has a tremendous uh, multi-sport injury report, and you have to check them. College basketball is also dicey because you know you don't ha- the colleges aren't really required to put that list out or to right. tell you who's starting. They don't have to do any of those things. All those things play into Rick Pitino's advantage. Right. And you you could get that stuff. You know, you just really have to pay attention. I think a lot of times when you're dealing with this, you want to go to local sources. You know, if you're with Iona, you want to get to some newspaper up in Westchester County or, you know, or some uh, a website that deals, you know, with just Iona or, or, or vice versa with Liberty. Or just follow one of their beat writers. Find out who that is and follow right. them on Twitter Somebody, somebody who's covering a small college like this, is probably going to be looking to go somewhere else, and he, he or she is going to be doing their due diligence to report these numbers to you. So you always want to follow the beat writers. But again, Iona plus three, and I'm going to take them on the money line. Now that hasn't been established yet, but I can't think it's going to be about a buck forty, mm-hmm. something like that. Michigan maybe, UNLV maybe, le- maybe less, maybe less now. I think it's a buck forty. I think I think plus three well, points is a buck forty. The, yeah, it depends on what the line does. Yeah, well, 
I think plus three points should be about plus 140 is what okay. I think it Fair is. Enough. I think. Now we've got the sixth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Michigan taking Michigan. on the UNL Running Rebels. And they're only the running rebels when they're playing basketball. Let's get that straight. They're not running anywhere else, only with the basketball. You can thank your boy, uh, Greg Anthony, for that. Oh, uh, yeah? I think he's the one that was behind the trademark, I, oh, I think. Okay. You know, that UNLV team with Larry Johnson and all those kids, those kids were smart. Very oh, savvy yeah. businessmen. You don't read about so them so, guys so being that, broke. So was that Michigan team with the Fab Five. Oh, yeah. You, can you imagine if they would have gotten paid for all that stuff like the kids can get now? Uh, the black socks, the, the long shorts. Oh, oh yes. Big time. But you know what? The line... I, I, I miss the Jerry Tarkanian days of UNLV. That was that was when it was fun down there. I had season tickets for that, and, and I watched they every one of their games. That was unbelievable. What a show. I mean, that, now every NBA stadium does what they did first. Oh, yeah. Now, if you remember, I used to teach out there at UNLV Tennis. Yes. And I would have to go right through the shark tank where they were practicing to go to work. And I'd always hang around because I would ref their scrimmages. And mm -hmm. uh, I love Jerry and his wife Lois a lot. I yeah. think Jerry got a bad rap. I think his, he had a big heart. But, you know, sometimes. Well, he did what he had to do to win. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah. the NCAA didn't like him. So, you know, <laughs> hot tubs it, and such, you know. That yeah, was... well, it just becomes, it depends on, uh, you know, who you are sometimes, unfortunately, with this NCAA. They let people get away with a ton of stuff. You know, uh, Alabama football, uh, for instance. I didn't right. get that from me, but, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're not putting Nick Saban on probation and things like that. And, you know, I mean, and it's funny. I don't know if you were aware, and I'm sure you were being out there. You know, the Tarkanian and John Thompson were very good friends. Very good friends. They very. both took on the NCAA in different ways. <laughs> I know, huh? Two pioneers, two trailblazers. But Big that, that running okay. Rebels team, when they would shoot that cannon out at the Thomas and Mack Center. Uh, that and, and, and Georgetown doing, you know, him going to different things with a you know, different style and getting those kids to really, you know, uh, people to respect the players he had. It, 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 it was a great time of college basketball is where those two guys were working. It sure was. And, and you know what? We don't have that tonight, but we do have Jawan Howard, a member of that Fab Five team. He's just signed a five-year extension. He's, he's getting doing, paid. He's doing a super job there. He really is. He's recruited well. He's made sure he disciplines his kids. They're one and two against the spread, though, and they got a big one tonight. Uh, they're up against the 13 and a half point, or they're actually 13 and a half point favorites against UNLV at the T Mobile Arena, not the Thomas and Mack Center. This is a home game for UNLV, but not. Where are they playing? They're playing at the T Mobile Arena at the MGM Grand, where the, where the hockey team plays. I play it at the Thomas and Mac. Wow. No, because this is the Las Vegas Classic, I think. So they're definitely going to be in for this. This ought to be good. But how does Michigan at 1-2-0 and against the spread, a team that didn't cover against Butler the other night, how do they uh, cover 13-and-a-half against UNLV? I don't know. It's a weird um, – it's a weird – you know, the, the previous games – that both of them played a very strange. Oh yeah, I watched them. Michigan I watched them win. But... You know, Michigan lost to Seton Hall uh, 
on Tuesday by two. Right. And UNLV barely squeaked by North Dakota State by two. So it's kind of a, an interesting, you know, it's an interesting game. Um, I think, you know, the one thing UNLV does have is they do have some, um, I guess the best word is experience. They have some seniors, mm-hmm. you know, that, that are on this team. And, uh, you know, based on the way – it doesn't seem like they're the running Rebels anymore right now. You know, their scores have been fairly low. It's because they play at a snail's pace. They're like 246 out of 334 in terms of tempo. Right, and that's where you, you know, say 13 and a half is – you know, playing that style, they're going to have to get blown out to uh, for Michigan to cover the 13 and a half. Yeah, but now, you know, they talk about this in the NFL a lot, where teams, the West Coast teams come east. It used to be a thing. I don't think it's a thing like that any longer. But this is a game where these kids from Michigan are playing at 1230 at night. This is late. Well, it's really 930, isn't it, in Vegas? Well, it's 930, but it's 12:30 their body time right according to them correct I, I, how does yeah. that work when you coached how when you went west how does that work how do you what do you do for your players do you do you keep them up late and then let them take a longer nap i mean to be honest uh, we didn't make a big deal out of it you know and i i think sometimes you get caught up in, in making a a big deal out of that i mean i think the sometimes the Traveling the opposite way is is weird because you're, you're up later. You know, if you're playing a nine o'clock game on the East Coast where you're, you know, uh, a West Coast team and it's really uh, I, I'm sorry, it's actually opposite. You're, you're correct. It's the other way. When you're traveling out West, it goes the time goes back. So it's actually later for you. You're correct. But, um, you know, we would do things like practice at certain times during the week for that. You know, if we had a one o'clock practice time, we knew we were playing a later game. We might have a night practice a couple days that week. So their bodies are used to playing in the evening. That's a good point. You know, do you remember when we were in Long Beach and I had that thing in Vegas? I stayed up late for three straight nights so I could my body would adjust. Right. And, and again, Cause I, I can't do it any other way. That's how well, I did. Right. I mean, I think at 19 and 20, you know, these kids are up, you know. Yeah. You're not, you know, I mean, I used to tell people, I go, you know, when, when we played college basketball, there's no such thing as the nutrition, you know, nutritionists. And th- I mean, we would eat chili dogs before games. Right, you know? right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just a different time. And I think I think sometimes some of these guys get caught up in, in you know, um, in worrying about that stuff. You know, I mean, you know, NFL, these guys, different story. You go to London, you know, there's different things that could be. Um, and it's one game for the week. I mean, you know, really, you know, Michigan, what are they? They're going out there, they're playing a game, and they're going to be back in Michigan before they know it. Yeah, by so, Monday, yeah. yeah so I, I don't think it's quite as big a deal as, you know, people make it out to be. I mean, you know, it's the same thing where you, you, you get the people that make out the back-to-backs in the NBA is a bigger deal than it really is. Um, it's become a bigger deal because you don't know who's going to rest, you know, with all this rest nonsense and right right but back in the old days uh, the second night of a back-to-back i mean do you think michael jordan was any less of a player the second night than he was the first night you know i mean no (laughs) i used to play better when i was tired anyway 
Sometimes, you know. Because I would probably have to focus harder. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, Michigan hadn't played since Tuesday, so it's not like they're not prepared for this. I mean, if they played Seton Hall, uh, you know, tonight and then had to go out to Vegas or played them on Thursday, you know, I'd say, okay, that's a different thing. But, you know, they're not, they, they, they haven't played in a couple of days. Uh, you know, I, I guess my opinion of this is it's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. I look at the schedule and I wonder to myself, now North Dakota State, that was a very good win by two points. North Dakota State was the team that uh, could have been the Darlings. They returned all five starters. They they lost to Oral Roberts in the uh, tournament and didn't get into the big dance. Mm-hmm. But they're a good team. Cal's not a bad team. They beat them by three. Th- these are close games. They're also low-scoring games. Right, that's what I was saying. Too. This total is a lot. Really, for this game, I think what is it, 135, or maybe yep, it's 135 and a half. You're playing late at night against a team that ranks in the. Both teams are in the top 100 at Kempom and defensive efficiency, adjusted based on their competition. Michigan has the second best defense in the country according to Kempom, and UNLV has the 93rd best defense. But their offense, UNLV's offense, is middle of the pack. Right. Michigan is ranked seventh in defense and just the defensive or offensive efficiency. The only thing I see that could be troubling for covering the spread is Michigan shoots terrible free throws, man. Like bottom, mm-hmm. they're like 20 from the last place. Right. That's awful. You want to cover a big spread, you got to have some free throws. Well, you just got to blow them out, period. Which uh, is what they're probably going to do. You know, the one thing they have is they've got this huge height advantage. Obviously, this Dickinson kid is a monster. Smart move he made coming back after his freshman year. He said, screw this. I'm going to say it at Michigan. It's fun here. Right. It's not like a job. They shoot better. Uh, You know, this is a horrible thing, but the effective field goal percentage for UNLV is only 40.5%. That's near the bottom of the pack. And Michigan's going to play really good defense. The only thing that gets me, it's the time. That's, that's for Turnovers. Some What's the turnover ratios? And quick oh, that's, turnovers where, that's where UNLV excels, by the so, way. I, I'm going to tell you what. I'm taking Vegas. I think it's a big game for them. It's a national. It's on TV, correct? Yep. You know, it's a national TV game. I mean, I think it's just a bigger game for them as opposed to um, – Michigan, I mean, it's a big game for Michigan, but Vegas, this is, you know, one of those um, program maker games again. You know, hey, let's get the program back in the spotlight. They could win this game. I mean, I know it's late night on the East Coast, but it's not late night for them. (laughs) Right. But it's still a national TV game and it's still a chance for them to, you know, say, hey, you know, we just put it to uh, a a good Michigan team. Well, I'll tell you this, too, is. UNLV has an, a distinct experience difference, like over a year experience average. They have they're, a lot of seniors, if I'm not mistaken. They do, right? and their bench. Right, and I think that's a big thing, Phil. And their bench spends 40% of the time on the court, and they're like 25th in the country, again, according to Ken Palm. These advanced stats over there are dynamite. And taking I, my, I'm taking the points, man. Uh, you know what? I am too. And here's what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to take this one step further. I'm going to play the under tonight. Under 135 and a half. 
Now, let me ask you a question. Would they have? I know in a tournament they would have these things. I don't know if they do now. Would they have first half lines in these games or no? Uh, probably. I mean, I, I would play the under in the first half. Yeah, for sure. It, it, for sure. I would think that's a great play. But uh, that number hasn't been put out yet, but it will Right, be. and that's why I said I'm not sure that this early in the year they're going to have the half lines, but uh, I know tournament time they would. I would think so. So that's what we're going to do for Friday night. We're going to go with Iona plus three and on the money line. And we're going to go in the nightcap at 1230 a.m. Eastern. We're going to take UNLV and the points. 13 and a half. It might even go up higher. You never know. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to take the under in the game. And then if there's an under first half bet for you, play that one too. Because I think this is going to be one of those snail pace games. I think that UNLV has more experience than Michigan. I don't expect UNLV to win this game. But I, I do expect them to cover. I expect them to be a better game than you think, Phil. That could be. I might end up staying up and watching that. We'll see. No, I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in the old days, we would have. Oh, yeah. I might anyway. You know me. I don't sleep. But I'm, I'll be in Delaware at a lacrosse tournament, so I may not have a choice to stay up and watch. Uh, sharing a room with the rest of my family, I may have to be asleep. All right. Yeah. With all those kids around? <laughs> You have to have sleep with one eye open so they don't sneak out and have fun. Nah, they're too young for that still. Yeah, that's right. They're only 10. I keep forgetting. Well, Tyler and Morgan are pretty mature for their age, though. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so here we go. Aqueduct. What do you got today? Oh, we're going to the ponies first. Okay. Yeah. No problem. What I'm looking at at Aqueduct is this. I, I went to the uh, – I'm just pulling it up here, of course. It. I am in the ninth race at Aqueduct. Okay, it's basically the feature there today. It's an optional 80, non-winners at two. Uh, I'm going to the nine. Baker's Bay, eight to one. Morning line, Chug McGahee, Johnny Velasquez. Uh, he's been, he's just coming out of a grade three. Did have a little bit of a layoff, the only concern I have. But uh, likes the distance, is one over the track. Um, I think, uh, you know, as long as uh, he comes back from the layoff, ready to go, he's right there. I think you're going to get a very square price, which is really what I like about him. I am going to also play an exacta box in this race with the four, Doswell, the nine, Baker's Bay, and you have to throw in, I'm going to throw to Chad Brown, the likely favorite, the five-horse uh, Impator, uh, into that exacta box. So three-horse exacta box, four, five, nine. We're going to play the nine across the board in this race. And we're going to hope that uh, Shug has Baker's Bay ready. And I'm hoping to get uh, all of that eight-to-one number. That looks good, man. You, know, you placed last week, or showed. And, oh, uh, yes, we showed last week. Yes, yeah, yes. that was one of those races that went down to the wire. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. Those that's horse racing, you know. You all you want, you know. And I always tell people this: the same thing with horse racing, as as bass. You know, listen. Obviously, you want to win, but in in horse racing, when you're playing price horses and whatever, you want to be live. Is what I always say. You want to 
have your horse running down a stretch where you think he could win. And, uh, you know, stranger things happen when that, when that goes, you know, and it's the same thing when you're playing an underdog. Listen, you want UNLV to be within eight points with uh, four minutes left. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, you'd like UNLV to be up eight points, but, uh, you know, that's an easy one. But I'm saying as, as far as that, listen, you know, um, like I've told you in horse racing, the best thing about it is that, one, you're you're not necessarily – you're not playing against um, a sharp Vegas guy. You are, in, in essence, that guys like myself and other, you know, professional handicappers are playing the races – but you are, in essence, playing against the general public. And like I've always told you, you know, that's how the odds work in horse racing. It's based on the amount of money bet. That's right. On horses. And, uh, you know, like I've always said to you, the big days in racing are for for us, you know, as, as handicappers are always better because you have a lot of, you know, people that are just amateur dumb money just playing, you know, doing what you do sometimes. Oh, I like the name of that horse. The colors look nice. You right, know? right, right. Things like that. I, I mean, I used to tell people, <laughs> I used to tell people, I, I used to think that finding a, a price horse on a weekday at Aqueduct was harder than winning in the Breeders' Cup. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the only people that are playing weekday at Aqueduct are other people like me. That's it, <laughs> yeah. Know, a, a lot of times. So, um but I think, you know, uh, again, this was early. I hope there's not, not much scratches. That's why I went to the feature race, Phil. Uh, I looked at a couple others. I, I just would be afraid of some some late scratches as we're doing a show early because I'm on my way. I'm going to be on my way to um, uh, Delaware very right. shortly. All so, right. um, you know, so I, 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 did, I had a few others, but I think I'm going to not give them to you because I'm just a little – concerned at the um at the uh what scratches may occur and, and other things uh, i mean if you want to go to the second I'll, I'll show you in the second at uh aqueduct another race i was looking at um there's a horse who's going to be the likely favorite adair who was a west coast horse for neil drysdale who came east uh, had a nice first outing at Belmont. Did run, did run last year at Aqueduct as well, um, and ran, you know, ran a uh, ran a, ran a second at Aqueduct. Uh, he's getting Jose Ortiz. He ran second at Belmont last time out. He's going to be the likely favorite. He's going to get better because he coming off a layoff. But I also think if you put him in with the two horse, my first Grammy. Um, I think you may have a decent looking exacta there. So if you want to look at something else, a two three exacta in the second at, at Aqueduct as well um, may get you some may give you a, a nice little payday there. That's a nice play right there. Okay, we got a couple games on Saturday, college basketball games. The lines yeah, are not. We don't dis- have lines yet, though. I was going to say, do we? No, I, I kind of made them myself. Okay, I was going to ask. Yeah, sure. Um, this is the Cheez-It Hall of Fame tip-off, and it's played at the Mohegan Sun Arena. Mm-hmm. The fifth-ranked Villanova Wildcats take on the Tennessee Volunteers, who are 17th-ranked. Villanova's 2-1 this season. Tennessee's 2-0. This should be a fun game. But how much fun is it going to be? I think Jay Wright's team wins this one. Going away. Going away. 
I've got I've got them winning by one. By one point. And I've got a total of 143 and a half. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games, and I haven't been to, uh, I haven't seen the arena at, at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville. Uh, you know, is this one of those games that the, the, the game, you know, when, when the line does come out, it, they shoot a little less than they normally do because, you know, it's a, a little bit bigger of an arena. You know, I mean, both teams do score right now. Yeah, they do. That's for sure. You know, they put points up, and it's sort of the way they play, I guess. Uh, you know, I know we caught a bad break when they lost in overtime at UCLA. Yeah, that we wasn't had, good. We, we had Nova that day, didn't we? We did, and, yeah. And uh, we, we were looking pretty good up until it went into overtime. <laughs> yeah, and we had the dog, and we had the right dog. Yeah, you know, and like I said, sometimes that's just the way it is. Um, you know, I'm just looking at schedules right now. Uh, and, that's uh, what I'm looking at, Villanova, uh, I, huh? Yeah, compared to Tennessee's, I mean, you know, Villanova, you know, uh, went out to the West Coast. I mean, obviously, the first game was a cupcake. They played Mount St. Mary's, um, you know, down in, uh, I guess it was at, probably at Villanova. Yeah, sure. It was home, yeah. And uh, then they went out to the West Coast to play uh, UCLA, which was, you know, a tough a tough matchup. That was and a then, nightmare five minutes, man. Yes, exactly. And then, of course, uh, um, you know, the Howard game uh, uh, was to get them back on track, I guess, uh, so to speak. Um, and they did. You know, yeah. But, uh, you know, they also gave, you know, I think that Howard game will be why Villanova wins this one. And what happened in the Howard game is Villanova gave up a lot of points and especially gave up. I mean, they scored 52, but they gave up 44 points in the first half to to Howard. And I, I know Jay Wright pretty well. He was definitely not happy about that. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't. I and, didn't see and, that game, though. Yeah, and, I, and they shot the ball really well, Howard. And I think... Jay's going to come out and try to, you know, they're they're going to play some serious defense uh, in this one. Oh yeah, and, and you know, I think you know Tennessee. This is really their first um, uh, first test. You know, real test. Season. Yeah, sure. I mean, they played what the two uh, easy. They played East Tennessee and Middle Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they played. Uh, what yeah. was it they played? They played against. Uh, Oh, they played against uh, Tennessee Martin. Tennessee Martin and, and East Tennessee State. So, I mean, you know, two two teams they're supposed to beat. And they did, by 30. And they did, <laughs> and they did. no no question about it. But I think, uh, you know, also the game being in Connecticut sort of gives um, uh, Villanova a little bit of a home court advantage, I would think. I would think uh, a lot. You know, compared to Tennessee traveling up there. You watch this game on TV if you want to see a clean game. Well, I I don't know. Ten, Villanova is second in the nation in turnover percentage, ten point four percent. That's a Jay Wright team, though. Yes. Take care of the basketball, play good defense, and shoot well. Their effective field goal percentage is sixty one point nine percent. This team hasn't played any cupcakes except for game one, and that's always a favorite game for him, right? I'm doing my friend over there a solid and booking them in. in and he does that at the, the, the times. I mean, like I said, I think, uh, you know, the Howard game was he probably would have liked to have 
you know, they did take care of business, but I don't think he was very happy with the way they took care of business. Well, that's fair, but you know what I think? Uh, I think Villanova is a very good neutral court team. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think this is more of a home court for them. Sure is. And, and it is a neutral court. You know? 15% turnover percentage for Tennessee, Scott. They haven't but played it, anybody yet, and they're turning the ball over that much? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, okay, it's top 50 in the nation, according to Ken Palm. But that's a big, that's a vast difference. And that's the other thing. You're looking at a Villanova defense that's pretty good. You know, they they, they don't look bad. They have a distinct height advantage. They have more experience. And they go to their bench a lot less. Villanova has a short rotation already. And I guess that's why he books a cupcake here and there to get some of those kids to play. Mm-hmm. Tennessee used a lot of their bench again, but they were in 30-point games too. Right. You know, so maybe that has a lot to do with it. But their their team itself is a lot younger than Villanova. Jay Wright has this tendency to keep kids. Kids want to stay there and play because they learn. And then they get on and go on about their business after they graduate. Isn't that something <laughs> else he pushes? Graduation, right? He does, you know, and I mean, listen, Rick Barnes is a good coach at Tennessee. Let's not. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not saying he did, a, he did a super job at um, at uh, uh, Texas prior to uh, you know being at, at at Tennessee, and he's done a nice job there too. So uh, that orange sweater, though, dude, he's got to lose that. Come up with a little <laughs> more uh, color in your style. Get a little more style, Ricky. Come on, let's go. All right. But uh, I don't think he's a style guy, but, uh, you know. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Do you? I do. You got two really good offenses. Tennessee's defense is very, very well, stout. You know, I mean, uh, the problem here is you really don't know the line. That's that's where I'm afraid, you know. I would probably of the say. Game, you know? I mean, I, I think Villanova's probably going to be three, don't you think? Probably. I've got him at one, but that don't mean anything. Um, even if it's, I would say you can pull the trigger on the spread anywhere from six points and down. Okay. I would think that the total is going to be high though, because when you look at this, you see Tennessee has this amazing defense on paper, but then who do they play? Mm -hmm. Villanova has played that first game, the favor game. I like to call it. Hooking mm-hmm. up my buddy, doing him a solid, let him get some extra money for his program, get some exposure. But these last two games weren't. You know, I, I think Howard University is better than a lot of people think they are. They only lost by 19. They should have lost by more. UCLA, you know what? They were a couple bad bounces in the in the uh, second half from stealing that game down yep. there. It's going to go about, I would say the total is going to be about 143. So you might want to go over, I think, because this is what I think. I think that Tennessee hasn't seen anything like this kind of talent yet. That's not to say anything against who they played, but this is serious business. And you can bet this is going to be probably on national TV competing against the uh, college football day. Mm -hmm. And Jay Wright's going to there and it's a neutral court nearby his house. So he's going to they're going to go out and look to put on a show. I think the second game's more exciting. I'm yeah. excited for that second game, man. Man, let me tell you, North Carolina and Purdue. That, man, that's the game I'm waiting for. Purdue. Now, normally, 
here's what you do with Purdue is when they're at home, play them. They, they hardly ever lose there. But this one here with North Carolina, now Purdue's ranked sixth in the country. North Carolina is ranked 18th in the country. Again, there's no spread on the game. And where the heck did I put my notes for this game? Anyway. I always have good notes. I I mean, it's it's funny. I said the, uh, you know, the, the interesting part of this game, too, is it's really the first game both teams are playing against anybody again. It's it's funny how, you know, I guess COVID a little bit, these teams are playing a couple of cupcakes before they get going in the, you know, in this season. I mean, you know, you used to have these games right out of the gate here, if you remember. I do. And, and COVID did that. But because, uh, you know, wasn't there like a Maui Classic or maybe that's this next weekend? Right. Let me say this. I don't think this game is going to be as close as people think. It could be, but I've got Purdue by 11. I love Purdue in this game. Oh, my God, are they good. The great thing is, is I think we have some actual equal competition to look at. Well, no, we don't. I'm sorry. That that was the wrong thing. I mean, listen, I I like... I like Purdue. You know, you got Matt Painter there. He's a very good coach. Yep. Uh, you know, um, you know, you got Herbert Davis, who you know, we don't know what Hubert Davis. You don't know what he's going to be yet. You know, uh, it's his first year. Um, you know what? What is he, he was on? I guess he. I guess he was on Roy Williams' staff, right, for a number of years. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he's been there and, uh, um, you know, but this is, it's a different thing when you're in a spotlight, you know, and now it's the first time, you know, that you're, you're the, you're the main guy and you got to answer questions. That's a toughie, but Purdue, I think Purdue is probably one of the best teams in the country. I agree. And And I, and I think, you know, and Purdue is, they do have some older kids again, uh, on the roster. Oh Yeah. They they have a slight height advantage, Purdue, because North Carolina is also a tall team, and they have less experience years-wise by like a half point five years. They're very similar. They're, they're, they they have, got that big kid in the middle of Purdue, that Zach Ed, Eddie or whatever, the seven foot. Yeah, four Zach Eddie. He's one. He's, he's seven he's four. A monster. I mean, he's seven four three something, like, uh, three hundred almost. And he moves okay too. Yeah. Like the kid, have you seen Gonzaga play yet? I have not, unfortunately. Okay, I saw Chet Holmgren, that freshman sensation, right? I saw him in game one and game two. Game one, he was a world beater, but he didn't get ten. He scored less than ten points in the second time. I I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was when they played Texas. Uh-huh. I, but this kid Zach Eddy, he moves a lot better than this Holmgren, and that's one thing they talk about. I don't know that he shoots so great, but this kid blocks shots, man. Mm-hmm. And that's important when you're playing against a, a team like North Carolina who has some pretty big boys of their own. Dawson Garcia, he's like 6'11". Mm-hmm. Armando Bacco, that's that freshman kid, right? He's 6'10". Is he a freshman? Probably. Sure. I think he is. 
Now, here's a kid right here you got to keep your eyes on. Rondo Bacone is a junior. Okay. I'm sorry. Why did I think? Oh, that might be a different kid. Um, the kid that's going to be tough is is the 6'8 kid they got. Leaky Black is his name. Mm-hmm. And this kid's got some freaking length, man. He's 6'8. I think he plays a shooting guard role. Maybe he plays a small forward. But he he's kind of slippery. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's very slippery. And that's going to cause a problem for Purdue. But Purdue has a very solid defense. They always do. Anchored by this Edie kid. Because, damn, I mean, this kid is 7'4", Feeds. Oh, I know. Big kid. That's what I'm saying. They got a couple other big kids. A couple 6'10 kids, too. Uh, that Caleb First is a nice player. Trevion Williams is a nice player, too. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a loaded game. But I think the experience that Purdue is already fate, which isn't much better, is going to be the determining factor here. They both maybe Purdue turns the ball over a little more than they should, but North Carolina hasn't been very good at forcing turnovers. Right. Um, offensive rebounds, Purdue's like fifth in the nation. Getting to the line, they're like 25th in the nation in terms of free throw attempts and field goal attempts. They shoot the ball well from the line. They block the ball. They're like third in the country. Mm-hmm. And they're knocking down a lot of shots, 41.7% of their triples. And three-pointers are 37% of their offense so far. I don't see – North Carolina will keep it close for a minute. But ten and a half points, is that too many? Will they cover? Can North uh, Carolina not... cover a ten point spread? Yes, I think they can too. That's a lot. Yes, I mean I think this is just going to be a hell of a basketball game. I think so too. Um, like I said, we don't have a line out. I I think it's also probably going to be very defensive oriented in the first half. Uh, they like they both do like to go though eventually. I mean, I, you know, the problem here is that you know, you know, I I could tell you that Purdue is fairly the depth is pretty good. Yep. Uh, you know, the question is is uh, you know, what about North Carolina and their depth? Well, they haven't played too many close games, and you would think that. Well, actually, they have. They lost. They won by eleven over Charleston. And they won by seven over the Brown Bears. Mm-hmm. And then they played Loyola, Maryland, the Greyhounds, and they won that one by 16. Now yeah. flip that switch, and you have Ballermine. I never even heard of that school. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, the uh, you know most of the players that are playing for North Carolina are you know sophomores. Freshmen and sophomores. Right. Where Purdue usually keeps their kids. You know, the key players. I mean, uh, you know, Purdue, it's a little unusual, too. It's more a little bit, they're a little bit younger, you know, the contributors than usual. Uh, Same, you know, uh, sophomores. uh, You know, Caleb First is a freshman. Right. Uh, You know, uh, it's not quite, I'm just trying to think of who, uh, the kid Sasha Stefanik plays a little bit. That you know, uh, uh, he's a senior. Right. He's one of the seniors that does play for them. Um, but who knows now that you're getting into the uh, 
you know, bigger people. I mean, Travion Williams as well as a senior that will play for Purdue. Um, you know, so they have a little bit more, I think, experience, a little bit more depth. Uh, again, it's very difficult trying to pick a game when you don't know what the line is going to be. Right. I, I Pretty much I set the line for myself here sure. at 10. So I'm probably not going to go. I would not back Purdue past 10 points. However, mm-hmm. they could still win that one. Um, but, you know, North Carolina plays a lot faster than Purdue does. You know, their average possession length is only 14.9 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, it, Purdue is used to playing at 16.5 seconds per possession on defense. But I think this faster pace is going to help North Carolina a little bit more. I, I look, and, and you're looking at a team, Purdue, and their turnovers, and, and they've made a few. Mm-hmm. And at a faster pace, they're probably going to make a few more, I would think. Yeah, I would think so. I, this is I said I wish, I wish we had a spread for this game. I tell you, you know, if it was four to – Four to six, I'd probably say you're looking at Purdue. You know, I think, and again, this is one of those games where it does help to, you know, the spread sometimes gives away a little bit of the game. Well, exactly. As I you, was as you at... and I, as you and I know, you know, through the years, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's not necessarily what you think of the game. It's uh, when you get the little, the little, uh, you know, teasers, I guess, so to speak, that Vegas, you know, is trying to get you to go one way and you and I being experienced to understand that and say, wow, there's something wrong with that spread. Uh, you know, I'm taking this team. You oh, know, right. That's why they don't put the money lines out for college basketball until much after, much yes, later. Because I think sharp people would, would take very big advantage of those. Yeah. So they wait till the sharps hit it and then they, they figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. That's how they do it. They, there's a, there's a coded system about what points are supposed to be worth. On the money line, this is a, if you're going to play Purdue, it's, it's unplayable on the money line. Yes, I mean it's going to be minus five hundred. You know you're going to be paying fifty bucks juice just for that. So you're in trouble there. You could probably roll it with a parlay because I, I, I don't have any uh, qualms against backing Purdue to win. Right, because, like I said, the problem is, is you just don't know what what's going to come out line wise in this game. Well, uh, I think, you know, I think it'll be, you know, the, the, the traditionally North Carolina is played by the public. So it'll probably be, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near 10, Phil. Um, I think it's probably coming out, you know, what do you think, closer to four or five? If it does, you take Purdue. I would uh, take, if it does, I think you jump on Purdue with that, you know. Uh, the, the higher that spread goes, the more likely Villanova. It's not like the NBA where a big spread, you know, Favorites usually cover big spreads in the NBA, but not so much in college basketball. And anything can happen. That's you know? why we like Vegas earlier today. Oh, yeah. That's why we like them. Let the public jack up the money back Michigan and just sit back and wait. It's not going to get any lower than 13 points. That's for sure in the UNLV game. I but I would say anything under five and a but, half points, well, I would let, play let's, Purdue. Let's tell the people out there, what's your favorite game out of the four we played, Phil? My favorite game? And what would be if you if you you know betting yourself right now? Which game would you play? I would take Iona on the money line. That would be yours. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna uh, 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't know the line. I'm going to say Villanova is going to be a good one. And I, I, I'm going to say UNLV. I think this is, a, you know, get the program back on the map game. That sounds like a winner. Great stuff today, man. You too, brother. You can find Scotty over at Brookwood Camps on Twitter. And if you're so inclined and want to send your child to a sleepaway camp for the summer, where Scotty and his brother Jay and his mom own the camp, and I'm the tennis director there, head on over to BrookwoodCamps.com. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank PlayUp.com for sponsoring us. PlayUp Sportsbooks is always your best bet. Don't forget Cash with Flash, best bets. I'm going to have my football picks up there on Saturday. 39-13-1 NFL run. We're doing pretty good. And we got the ponies. Don't forget your ponies today. Don't forget the aqueduct, the ninth race. Scotty's got Baker's Bay, baby. Go get them. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. 